0: With creative vagabonds, thinkers, and innovators. This is the place where great minds come to chat, and I am your host, Sandra Lee Schubert. Welcome to the show. Two, three, four, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 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 nine,
1: nine, 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 nine,
0: Hello, everyone. I am broadcasting live from Iconic Images Art Gallery on Main Street in Boonton, New Jersey. And my guest today is the wonderful, illustrious Barbara Stanning. Barbara is a best-selling author, leading authority on women and money, motivational speaker, and financial lifesaver. Her mission is to motivate women and men to become financially empowered. Her current book is Sacred Success, a Course in Financial Miracles that guides readers on the path that she followed to success. And I am pleased to welcome Barbara to the show.
1: Hi there, Barbara. Hi, Sandra. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Very good. It's it's really thrilling to ha- have you on. I've read uh, your Overcoming Underearning book, and I've been on your You Have Monthly Monday Calls, Money Monday Calls and um you just you know it's it's you just been an inspiration to me about not just financial success but just having sort of the kind of life that makes your heart sing so it's just great to have you on so let's talk a little bit about what you do and and your mission in life
1: so Maybe I I can give a little backstory to explain how I got can. here. You can because I believe me, growing up being a financial expert was not something I aspired to. <laughs> In fact, I, I I didn't know anything about money. And whenever I came from a wealthy family, my father's the R of H and R Block, and whenever I'd ask him anything about money, he would just say, "Don't worry," because under that was just unspoken assumption there'll always be a man to take care of you which i thought was great advice i didn't want to worry i just wanted to spend it but it turns out i married a man who was a compulsive gambler and over the course of our 15-year marriage he lost a fortune of my money because i didn't want to deal with it and after our divorce I got tax bills for over a million dollars. fact taxes he didn't pay for illegal deals he got is in and my signature was on everything. I did not have a million dollars. He had gone through my inheritance. He had left the country. My father wouldn't lend me the money and that's when I knew I had to get smart. And I swear, Sandra, I I didn't know how he was gonna do it. I didn't know what I was gonna do, but I had three daughters One was just a baby, and I was not going to raise those girls on the street. And I believe when you make a commitment, you know, like a down-to-your-toes commitment, like no backdoor commitment, the universe revolves to help you reach your goal. And I was working as a journalist writing for the San Francisco Business Times, and I was hired for a freelance project to interview women who were smart with money. And those interviews changed my life. I not only got smart enough to manage my money, I've been doing very well ever since, but I wrote my first book, Prince Charming Isn't Coming, How Women Get Smart About Money, and it started this whole new career doing financial education for women. But I couldn't make money. I mean, here I was traveling all over the country. You can ask my kids. I was never home, and I couldn't make money. And so I thought, well, let me see if I could do for making money what I did for managing it. So I started interviewing women who made six figures or more and I started making six figures before I even finished writing my next book, Secrets of Six-Figure Women. And I wanted to see if I could teach others what I was learning, so I started giving overcoming under-earning classes, which became my next book, <laughs> which you you have read, and this most recent book is Sacred Success. And my whole mission, I believe I was given this wealthy father, I was given this gambling husband, I was given these tremendous losses so I could rise from the ashes, so to speak, and help other women do the same.
0: I, you know, I think that, first of all, your story is so wonderful. And I, and I I had a laugh. I almost took a screen capture of it because at some point when I was working on your show page on, on Blog Talk Radio, an ad came up for H&R Block that went right over it <laughs> weird. Weird. <laughs> and weird. It was, And I knew you it wasn't even in the bio at all, but there it was, and it showed up, and I thought, well, this is interesting. But I think, you know, what's so fascinating about that story is so many people find themselves in these desperate straits, and they don't know how they're going to get out of it, and they can't see how that very desperate moment actually may be the catalyst for some major change, and that's sort of what your story illustrates. This, uh, you, you may not have thought this is where you were going uh, to be, uh, you know, empower women Never. or be a, be a financial person, given your background, but here this moment shifted so that all around and, and put exactly. you on a new direction.
1: But part of my purpose here, is there are a lot of people who aren't in financial disastrous straits. Right. Who could be. Because just because you have money, like I did, just because you earn a lot of money doesn't mean you'll keep it. Because wealth does not come from what you earn or what you have. It comes from what you do with what you have. Right. And that is where I want to... And what helped me turn around... Because I was in that, I was really a mess. And I kept reading books. I kept going to classes. I was determined to learn this stuff. And my eyes would glaze over and my, bra- you know, my brain would fog up and I would just figure I'm terminally stupid. And it wasn't until I started doing the inner work, really exploring my attitudes and beliefs around money with, with help that I started noticing I was shifting. And so what I realized that by financial success is a three-pronged process. It is a combination of the outer work, the inner work, and the higher work of wealth. And the outer work is, you know, understanding the difference between a stock and a bond, knowing how to negotiate, th- those things that are important. But when we get stuck, when we become resistant, when our eyes glaze over and our brain fogs up, that's when it's so important to do the inner work, really examining our ter- our internal obstacles and blocks and limitations that are keeping us stuck. And oftentimes I notice that especially with women, because we d- aren't often motivated by money, especially if we have financial stability or things seem to be okay, we're not motivated. It's like money is very easy to ignore until you can't ignore it anymore. And research shows that most women do not get serious until they hit a crisis. Where I want to go is with the higher work to help people understand that this isn't about money. This is about doing what you are on this planet to do, really pursuing your soul's purpose, which is impossible to do if you're drowning in debt or struggling to make ends meet. As um as Michael Beckwith, he was in the secret. He he's uh, the head minister of Agape Church, which is one of these mega churches. But he had this saying I loved. He said, "How can you be the light of the world if you can't pay your light bill?" That's
0: right. <laughs> it makes it very hard when you're sitting home in the dark and can't leave your house because you have no money to travel.
1: That's right. And so that right. is my purpose to inspire women. And their men, but I really work exclusively with women who go out and then inspire their men to uh, to really take it up a notch or two or three.
0: Now, do you find that there's a sort of pattern with with women in particular, or is it is I mean, I, obviously each woman's case is unique, but do you find that there's certain factors that seem to correlate with all women around money? Or is there, I guess I'm trying to say, there's certain patterns that people could pick out that they say, oh, this is what I I do with money.
1: What research shows us is that women nowadays know they need to take financial control. They Mm -hmm. know they need to be in charge of their money. But they are not taking the steps to protect themselves financially.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is the resistance, and this is where I really love to get my hands on women and help them work through the resistance because I believe historically, we women have been raised to be financially dependent, to be yeah. financially subservient. It's part I mean, it's not that's no longer the case today, but it's part of our collective unconsciousness. Just like men have been raised, they have been groomed to be financially independent and financially successful. And and neither one are healthy. I remember I did a book signing for my first book, and I'll never forget it, when Prince Charming is Incoming came out. And a man came up to me after the book signing, after I gave my little talk, and he said, I'm not going to buy this book for my wife. And I thought to myself, you chauvinist pig. And then he says, because I'm afraid see what a bad job i've been doing and so i believe that by women getting financially savvy it takes the onus of responsibility off men so that we can work as partners
0: so it becomes more of a collaborative thing rather rather than saying you're in charge of all this i'm in charge of all this it's it takes the pressure off and you can share that now Obviously, they're not everybody has a partner, and women are on their own and I mean, I just chatted with a woman who's you know has no has no money and then wants to do her art and is doing medical coding and she's like, I really don't want to do medical coding; she wants to do art, but here she is in a position to need to earn some money to obviously pay rent and buy food and you know just all those kinds of basic life things that you need what do you say to a woman like like that who feels conflicted about following her art and the need to make money
1: so here's what i suggest like i did with me i'm a writer i'm a writer that was my thing i had a coach when a uh, financial counselor but they call him a coach nowadays but back then i went to this financial coach counselor and she said you're an under-earner, Barbara. And I said, and I got very indignant. I said, no, I'm not. I'm a writer. Because <laughs> writers <laughs> don't make money. And what that showed me is this was my belief system. And what changed that for me, and, and then I'm going to really answer your question. But what changed so, that for me is when I was interviewing six-figure six women, of uh, the first 15 I interviewed, four were writers. And it was like, oh, I got to shatter that belief that writers don't make money and i got to see how they did it so what i would recommend for her and what i do with clients who come to me with just the situation i would tell them to get a bridge job now coding could be her bridge job but to get a job that has cash flow coming in but is not all consuming that is enjoyable but it frees up her energy, so she does the job, she goes home, she's free, she, she's not consuming, she has energy to start pursuing how she could make money in her art, and to start finding other people who are making money in art, to start interviewing them, to start looking what her options are, because maybe you can't start out just painting your own paintings, but certainly there's something she could do where she could use her skill. do what she was Born to do, and have an income. Right. Because when and, uh, I interviewed women, all. what?
0: No, and and have that all. The, well, all. You, of it.
1: it is what? absolutely possible. One of the biggest surprises I got of how many women are in jobs in careers that aren't high paying. I I met a. I, I interviewed a matchmaker, a psychic several artists, non-profit directors, all these things that you wouldn't earn money with. Yet they found a way to up their income. And part of it was getting over their belief that a psyche can't earn money, getting over their belief that a matchmaker can't earn money, getting over my belief that a writer can't earn money.
0: It, what I find interesting is that... Um, and I, I see this difference between men and women. Like the men that I um, have talked to, or interviewed, or worked with, they never ask they never ask permission to do what they want to do. And they they and I'm 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 doing a global men thing, so I apologize to all men for this. And and they wouldn't they never admit that they're wrong. Well, I see women are always sort of asking permission, like, oh, can I do this? Is it all right if I do this? Or I find men just barrel through and they just go and do it. And it, it's it, it's so distinctive, and I just see this so much with all my women friends and my men friends. that The men are out there just going, what, I ask permission? What are you talking about? They just go and do it. And I I just find that fascinating that that's really and seems so much of how how women were raised. You just ask permission, then you go
1: ahead. See, that is exactly right, Stephanie. This is and it's so interesting. So many of the mega earners that I these women who are making high six, seven figures. How many of them said to me, in the world of work? because of the way we were raised, men come in feeling entitled and they're more willing to take risks. Women walk in feeling flawed, like something's wrong with them, and they tend to hold back. And so that's why helping women is a very different experience than helping men. There's... Money knows no gender, but the obstacles, the internal barriers we have to overcome as women are very different than those of men.
0: Right, it, it is it is interesting to to see how um, women struggle with that that willingness to just be out there in, in, in a big way. And, and I know that you have interviewed women that have done this and they have succeeded. And as an interesting example. I mean, I'm sitting here broadcasting live from an art gallery with an artist who's created his own work, um, who's not trained as an artist necessarily. He didn't go to art school, but yet has a gallery and a business based, upon his art you know and there's not you know it's just he's gone ahead and done this and I'm here I am sitting in the midst of his artwork but I find other women are sitting there with their artwork at home and they're not just saying hey my art's fine I'm going to go sell it and figure out how to do it they're right. sitting at home like, saying ah, no I can't do it
1: so I, I just came out with my seventh book I had no training in writing I took one Journalism course, and I decided. I, now have I made money from my books? No, I don't make money from my books. I make money what my from what I love doing my my skills from helping people. My books just give me open the door for me. They gi- they give me the information. They give me the training. They give me everything. So I get to write and teach. And make money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think because I think what made a difference for me, Sandra. I have just just thinking about this now. It was having role models. It was having mm-hmm. seeing people do what, watching people play at the level I want to play at. Mm-hmm. And I think if women had more role models, if they would find people playing at the level they want to play at, and hang out with them, it makes a huge difference.
0: And, you know, I I think that's really... What's interesting about that is that I know when people, women take on role models, but then let's say they look at Oprah and they go, oh, Oprah's a great role model, but I can never be Oprah, and they stop. But it's not about doing exactly what Oprah does. It's doing what you really want, but using Oprah's willingness or determination or whatever it is to move forward. So it's not like you have to go out and create a media empire. You just have to be willing to pursue your dream.
1: And people tend i tend to could, stop. But I could never see uh, – Oprah would mm-hmm. never be my role model because it's right. like she's larger than life to me. It's like I, I, as much as I've done, I could never see myself doing what Oprah did. I, 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 that, that's my next barrier to go through. So I'm not there yet. <laughs> but what I have had the what I have been able to do is find women that I feel oh they're just like me who are achieving more than I. And and so that's what I encourage women is to because under earners tend to hang around with naysayers, pessimists, worry other under earners. Not because they're bad people, but they're scared. And if you want, I I, I remember vividly when I was interviewing women for my, who had, I interviewed all the women who had been through my overcoming under-earning workshop over the years for my book, Overcoming Under-earning. And I remember one of them. She had made so many changes in her life. It was like amazing. They paid off all their debt. They had savings. They were investing. All these things she and her husband, but she couldn't make more money. And I said to her, it was just very puzzling. And I i don't know what made me ask this at the time, but I said, what would your friends think if you made a lot more money? She goes, oh, my God, they'd freak out. And I said, why? She goes, they're all tree huggers. They think money's bad. And that's when I became very apparent to me, in looking back on the stories of high earners, that who you hang around with, you become who you're with. That it's very, very important to surround yourself with not only people who are playing at the level you want to play at, but who will support you in that process. Like a lot of my friends are not making high six figures, but they are supporting me 100%.
0: And and that that is a big difference.
1: And it's really huge for women because we are so relationship-oriented. It is very important that we have our cheerleaders, that we have people cheering us on, that we have people that we feel we can relate to but that are doing more than we're doing.
0: Well, you know, I I talked a little bit about... um you know coming from a background where you didn't earn money because if it, you'd get the 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 quote evil eye on you so that it, once you earned money and you became public or seen then people would be jealous and want to take it away from you so you never talked about your success you never talked about like oh i feel good today you, you never expressed happiness how, about how do you something know?
1: Did I write this in my hmm? book?
0: No, no, I'm saying this is my. You know, you, yeah, oh, yeah, no, this is my bag. I, this how is you my bag. That's bag. the way I felt. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way I felt. It's like you just <laughs> don't, just don't, just don't put like don't, don't wear red. Whatever you do, don't, don't, don't draw attention to yourself. I mean, the, so I, I, that was really ingrained, and I went through twelve years of Catholic school. Believe me, it was ingrained in me, and it's taking me a. Years and years and years to sort of well, come you, out of the closet.
1: Hmm? How did you get over that?
0: Um, have I? Well, I'd like to say I, I'd like to say I've gotten over. I'm not completely over it. I still have moments where I, I draw back. But I, I took. I think for me, at least, it, it, I just started to do things that were a little bit past my comfort zone. Like, so I started exactly. a radio show. I had exactly. no idea how to do a radio show, but I was like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? You know, I I, I mean, I literally walk up and down Main Street and go into stores and talk to people. It's very against my comfort zone. But I go and I just stick my hand out, and I've discovered I, I can actually, you know, hold a conversation. I Who knew? You know, it, but it took those baby steps for me to keep moving out and moving out and moving out and I'm nowhere near where I want to be out in public but I really just had to overcome the idea that if people saw me that was a bad thing so and you, and I still fight still have to fight it but you know it's you just do it day by day I think I, at least for me
1: you just gave the formula you just gave the formula for going to the next level because I would interview all these successful women, and they were very confident, and I expected them to be. But as we get deeper into the conversations, I saw how all of them struggled with fear, struggled with self-doubt, feeling like a fraud, still feeling like they hadn't got there, just like you. But the what they did is they didn't let it stop them. They went out. And they got the radio show, and they started talking to people. They started doing things they were scared to do. And that is the secret to financial success, the willingness to be uncomfortable, to stretch beyond what feels comfortable to what seems impossible. And you are a role model right here, which is what you said. Well,
0: thank you. you. I love it. Well, I mean, you know, the the great thing about doing the show is that I, I get to interview all the people that I want to talk to and I want to be around. <laughs> so I just call up everybody that I want to talk to, and it's like, would you be on my show? <laughs> and for 99% of the time, people say yes, which is I think is the amazing thing. I think women stop because they think somebody's not going to say yes, but you just act as if people will say yes, and 99% of the time, people say yes. And that, I, that to me was the most fascinating thing to learn was that people actually will say yes. You just but don't the most, know. Just but the most yes.
1: important thing, the most important thing from my perspective is that you mm-hmm. were willing to risk rejection. You were willing to risk them saying no. And you're still willing to risk them saying no, but you didn't I think you've gotten the way where you don't take it personally. People just say no. And you keep on going, and you you have grown from this radio show. I, I'm sure you have.
0: Oh, ab- absolutely. And and I have to say, the person that I had modeled a lot of my, I, my stuff on, the woman that I really wanted to interview, that was the woman that said no to me. And I was like, oh, she said no. And then I was like, Okay, so well, who's going to say next? Yes, next, and then just I just moved on. But I had the, getting that no from the person that I most wanted to get the yes from was the best thing in the entire world. Why? Because because it it just it just meant that all the other no's or all the other yeses just took that power away from that no. You, you, once didn't, it per- didn't, you, you didn't
1: die. You didn't disappear. You didn't die. <laughs> right. You
0: and I, I kept on. I kept on going. But I think that's so much of what you talk about in your work, is being able to, you know, one take rejection, move forward. You know, when you get knocked down, stand up, keep going.
1: And here, just- here's what I believe. Mm-hmm. I okay. believe, what comes first is you have to understand, find your passion, find your purpose, what fuels you. Because what I've learned, well, I see it in my own life, but what I've learned from successful women is that what fuels them to go through the rejection, to go through the obstacles, and there are always obstacles, is their passion. If you're just doing it for the money, it doesn't work. It's the passion. That gets you through to the no's to get to the yeses. Right.
0: Yeah, and that—that that, that is the big.
1: And that's what sacred success is really. Much of it's about. It's about finding why you are here on this planet at this time. What is your purpose? Because I believe we all have a purpose. And when you find that purpose, when you find understand why you're here. And you realize that you are being called to greatness. That all the things that happen in your life look uh, make it look like it's falling apart are really the universe saying, "Hey, yeah. pay attention. Your soul is trying to tell you something." And when you really can do that and find your purpose and go for it with support, with discipline, and then really think about it and the legacy you want to leave, how you want to be remembered. That's the kind of stuff that I think drives me and drives most, many successful people. Right.
0: And I and what you said also about women being relational, relational, I can't even say that word correctly. <laughs> it's, it I don't know if I said term, it correctly. I don't know. It's, it's, it, something like that. It's, it's, You know, I know... For, well, I know, why well, I am a woman, I know for me it, the relationships are important and, and how I interact with people is important. And, um, it's you know, and I, I know that what had stopped me was that feeling of being mean. You know, like, oh, I can't be mean to someone. I can't ask for what I want because that's being mean. Because it was, you didn't, I know I didn't want to hurt that other person by asking for what I wanted and making a demand. And um, it, the ability to ask for what you want and sort of stay firm in that request is, I, I, I at least for myself, such a powerful moment of being able to say, okay, I can not be mean. It's not being mean. I'm asking for what I, I need and I want, and that person's going to either not like it or disagree or say yes or, or whatever, but it's not, that's not personal, and it's See, not going to necessarily...
1: I think the okay, reason go ahead. that women have problems with money has nothing to do with money. It right. is our fear of or ambivalence about power. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what you're talking about. My definition of a powerful woman is someone who knows what she wants, who knows who she is, and expresses that in the world unapologetically. Because what that means, power means becoming the final authority in our life, becoming all of who we can be, and asking for what we want, not watering ourselves down because we don't want to make waves. And so what I believe, what, what I'm doing is when I'm helping women become financially empowered, it is not about money. It's about helping them step into their power. And the power question, the first question to ask, which you, exactly what you said, the first question to ask is what do I want? And here's where I think we fall short. We either don't ask ourselves the question or we don't honor the answer we get and therefore we can't ask for what we want or are afraid to and we give our power away what, you, what women say is being mean is really just giving our power away and what if, there's nothing else I learned from successful women it is the importance of putting yourself first it's not selfish but you can never give to another what you don't give to yourself so if you do not put yourself first you slip into codependency, which is a very, very, it's an epidemic among women. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we can never be powerful when we are always putting someone else first. And that's what I believe. That's why I wrote Sacred Success, because I believe the world where we are in this world, we are going through a paradigm shift. And I believe women are being called to step up to the plate, to step into their power, to lead in partnership with men. Not power over, but power with. And I think this is a lesson men are being called to learn too, because men are used to having power over. We want to help them learn how to have power with
0: and and that i think really speaks to women wanting that relationship when when you say to women you don't have to have power over somebody you can have power with somebody that that is a shift that's really vital and important for for women because it's not about like i'm just going to you know beat you up and 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 you know take you down it it's it's about a collab, more of a collaborative partnership, and I, you know, it's interesting because I've had experiences over the last year with two men who were bullies, outright bullies to me, and that really set me back on my my heels because I had to deal with people just being really cruel and threatening to me, and how I managed that and what I could do around that. Really changed how I um, was in the world, and really shifted my feeling of power for myself as my ability to deal with bullies in a completely different way than I had done before. And I was completely surprised to experience a bully at my, you know, at an as an adult, but. I could see that that experience meant I, I had some learning and some some growing to do about taking a stand for myself and how I wanted to be treated, and how I needed to protect myself in the
1: world. And, and, and here's that here's was another a, thing. Mm-hmm. But here's another thing to understand. I think it's important that okay. men re- research shows us that men and women view power through very different lenses. Right. Men exercise power by asserting control. Mm-hmm. Women exercise power by building relationships. Men, if they men who lack a strong sense of self-esteem, when they assert control, it goes to the extreme and they become bullies. When women lack self-esteem, we assert control and it become we take it to the extreme, we become codependent. They're just two sides of the same coin, and if we could understand power that that we each see power differently, and then if we could come together and find a collaborative model, but when we become bullies or codependent, it is a lack of self esteem. Right.
0: That's, that's that's very very true, and I could see that now in those in those two bullies. And, having had to deal with them, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, it's very so it's, strong,
1: so I just think that women and men are going through a tremendous upheaval in our roles, and um, i I believe that I'm playing my in my little small way, helping Not women step into their power, Barbara. And I, can, can I mention that I have a free call the first Monday of every month?
0: Absolutely. I was just actually going to move right to that because I think that's so vital. As I'm looking at this group on the Facebook page, even as we speak. So,
1: <laughs> so yes, on go the ahead, first please. Monday, on the first Monday of every month, you can go to my website barbarastanny.com. S-T-A-N-N-Y. If you go to my website barbarastanny.com and you sign up. You will get an invitation on the first Monday of every month. We have what we call the Monthly Money Monday. And it's women coming together to talk about money and to ask questions, to get answers, to get support. And we've also developed just recently a private uh, Facebook page, which has over 500 people on it, women. Uh, And and I make it exclusively women. I know, I know, because I I, I see the boards, but I know there are men on the call. But what happens, I, I have nothing against men. I love them. But what happens for women when men are present, men tend to dominate the conversation about money, and women tend to get very quiet. So that's why I make it exclusively women. And also because we have very distinct issues that I want us to be able to talk about openly. And what's great is not, what's great is, as you've seen, Sandra, it's a community where we're all giving each other resources and pep talks and ideas.
0: Yeah. No, it's a, it's a wonderful, vital community. And I, I, I love being a part of it.
1: And I love having you a part of it.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's what, and well, I think it's, it and and odd and and I'm I'm probably gonna partner with somebody and go over the doing the sacred sacred success book. That so we're right. gonna work through it and we're gonna help support each other and our goals and you know, it, and she's somebody that was in one of your other books and I'm like, this is great. This is an opportunity to have somebody who sort of have has a level of success that I want to achieve and we are in partnership and we have something we can work towards and I think that's Really helpful for women to create that.
1: I love that. I absolutely love that. And what, what I've noticed is women are getting together more in pairs, in small groups. I, I really recommend uh, forming a like a money book club or a money study group where you meet right. on a regular basis and do it with others because that's the relationship part. That's what makes it fun. And, and I, I I also. Can I mention that I gi- I'm giving a free call on the 21st called absolutely One Year to Wealth in One Step a Month? Because I really want 2015 to be the year of wealth building. We all know how to be consumers, but I want to help women understand how to build wealth. Because it's not about the money. It's about what we could do with the money to make a difference in our lives and from people we love, in causes we feel passionate about.
0: Right. The, that and then that I think is the the important difference is the is not just how much in the bank account, but what that wealth means in terms of what you can do in the world and how you can help people, which women like to do. Truthfully, they like to be able to go out there and support other people.
1: Yeah. We have about yes.
0: We have about four and a half minutes. I just want to give you a little time. Time uh, count here, so um, I, I want to just make sure that if you have any points that you want to get get through to our listeners, that we've we've got about four and a half minutes to do that. So I just want to give you the time on that.
1: Well, I could uh, do some shameless self promotion and talk about my you, overcoming under earning teleclass that's coming up in uh, in March. So you still got a few months. But it's a five-week so webinar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a five-week webinar where we meet twice a week, and you have a partner, and you re- really go deep, 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 deep in the outer work, the inner work, and the higher work of overcoming under-earning. Mm-hmm.
0: And how, how and people can, can find out about that on your website? On the
1: website, yeah, under mm, uh, yes. seminars.
0: Under seminars, yes. that's very good. So we've, we've got, you know, we, as we close in and, and the last few moments that we have together, the last three or four minutes. What are some other tips that w- women can start implementing now to to just get their life in, in gear?
1: So here's for men and women. If okay. you've been having trouble getting smart or want to get smarter about money, because it never ends. I'm going to give you three steps, three simple steps, that if you do these simple three simple steps on a regular basis in four months, you will be astounded at how far you've come. If every day you read something about money, even if it's just perusing the headlines of the business section, because so much about it getting smart or smarter about money is just understanding, familiarizing yourself with the jargon and the current trends. Every day read, every week talk. Have a conversation, preferably with someone that knows more than you, about money. Ask them how they got smart, what they would suggest for you, how they're investing. And three, every month save automatically set the money aside from your savings account or, or your checking account or your payroll check. Automatically have it deposit in the savings account, which you, don't, which you don't see, you don't miss. So if every day you read, every week you talk, every month you save, whoa, man, you will be amazed.
0: And what happens? All right. So we we still have two minutes, Barbara. So you've you've got you've got two minutes of some wonderful words of wisdom to offer to everybody.
1: Ah, uh, I um, you know, in the, this work I do, mm-hmm. what I love about it, because it's not about money. Because whatever's going on with money, you cannot slice up your life like a pizza (laughs) and say, okay, I'm going to work on my money. Whatever's going on with your money is going on in other areas of your life, too. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you start dealing with your money, your whole life will change. And and that's not the only way to change your life. You could... It's like the the portal you walk through. You could do it through relationships, you could do it through health, but if you're having trouble making money or managing it wisely, if you would start the small steps to take control of your money, because when you take control of your money, you take control of your life. And it doesn't take a lot of money to create wealth. It doesn't take a lot of time to get smart. It's never too late to start, and it is so much more fun than anybody can ever imagine.
0: Very good. Well, Barbara, I just want to thank you very much for being on the show today with us. And uh, Barbara's book is um, Sacred Success, A Course in Financial Miracles that Guides Readers on the Path that She Followed to Success. And you can find more about Barbara at com and join her Facebook page the Monday, and I'm going to say it wrong now, what, what is it?
1: It's a money Monday. month. I don't even money Monday. <laughs> Monday mo- monthly money Monday. I know it's a tongue twister.
0: <laughs> uh, find us on. Find me on Facebook, and I'll I'll direct you. But anyway, Barbara, thank you so much for for being with us today. I I I do appreciate your time and the work that you do in the world.
1: Thank you so much. I, it was a pleasure. Bye.
0: Thank you. And I want to thank all our listeners for joining us today. Again, I want to thank uh, Dave Pucherelli, who who is the owner of Iconic Images Gallery on Main Street in Bhutan, where I am broadcasting live. And I also want to thank Jed Luckless, who is providing the music for the opening and closing of the show. And his music is called. I can't say because because I, well, I just can't say it and anyway thank you everyone for joining us today and look forward to hearing more from you Hey there I hope you enjoyed the show It is really great fun to speak to people and find out what they're doing in the world. If you are interested in reaching out on air, online, or in person, let me show you how. I am partnered with some great people, some strategic thinkers and consultants to bring you the best services available. Call me at 347-560-1624 Or email me at SandraLeeSchubert at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you.